0: Father, we praise you, and we worship you. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Lord, we focus on you. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit tonight, your spirit that's causing us to walk in more freedom. Because where your spirit is, there is liberty. Where your spirit is, there is freedom. And we thank you, Lord God, that you've given us truth, and the truth sets us free. So we just thank you, Father God, for freedom in this place. Freedom to be who you've called us to be, who you've said we are. Father God, to do what you said we can do and should do. We're free now. We're free in your presence. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, just stirring in me is this is, you know, um, God has designed everything to work when you and I are conscious of him, conscious of him all the time, sitting here in service, on your drive home, at the job. He's designed this to work as we're conscious of him. His presence literally brings a change that nothing else can. It brings not only like blessing and prosperity, but it also just brings it, it brings the life of God wherever you go. We're carriers of the presence of God. He designed us to be the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. The scripture says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's us. You look at yourself and examine your, the walls of your temple. It's got, got some, some of us got some bigger temples than others. That's OK. Yeah. The Lord is able to fill all of us. Hallelujah. He wants that to not just be a nice thought, oh, the Lord's with me. He wants that to translate into a radical life change. He designed that if 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 we get filled with the Holy Ghost, that everything becomes different. And so, you know, when when He's with us, His presence abides in us, then the life of God should manifest around us. It should manifest through us. It should be something that people notice. People experience when you're around the life of God, them coming in contact with the presence of God. It's just normal for a believer to walk around conscious that God's with them. God's with you right now. He he said he would never leave you. He said he'd never forsake you. He has so many things that he wants to do through you. And the presence of God is such a real, tangible thing that when you're aware of him, it, changes, it really changes your behavior. You know, it's hard to be grumpy when you're conscious of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Because the Holy Ghost, So some of the fruit there is love and joy are the first two that are mentioned. Grumpiness doesn't really fit in any of those categories. And if I'm experiencing fruit that leads to grumpiness, that didn't come from the spirit. That came from maybe a different spirit than the Holy Spirit. But it didn't come from him. And being conscious of him will change our mindset. It'll change our attitude. You can't be depressed, constantly Constantly aware of the presence of God in you and be depressed. It just can't be that way. Because God's not depressed. He wants to be with you in everything. He is with you, but he wants you to be aware that he's with you everywhere you go, everything you do. Because when you're with someone, how God's designed this is when you're with someone, they start to like rub off on you. Any married people in here? How many know that when you're with someone for a while, All of a sudden, you think like they think. You talk like they talk. You might change your laugh. Like, wait a second, that sounded like my wife, (laughs) us. You might start liking things different than you liked before. You might have uh, certain ambitions that you didn't have before. Uh, You know, we, we talk to like youth and the kids, and we tell them how important it is that who, you picking your friends, who you hang out with, and, and making those decisions at a young age to identify who, who's someone that you want to really be like, find that person as a friend, because who you hang out with, who you befriend, and who you spend time with is going to be who you are. You're going to just turn into that person because that's just how God designed us to be. Why did he design us that way? So that we would all just get together and kind of be the same person? No, he designed us that way so that when we are aware that we're with him, we would start to change without even trying. You didn't try to change to be more like your spouse. It just happened automatically because you were with them, because you spent time with them, because you were just around them. There was this proximity and you started thinking like they thought, talking like they thought. This is how God's designed us, is to change, to, to be molded into the image of His Son by just being aware that He's with us. Because it's not like He ever leaves you once you're born again. You're, you got born again, He made your heart His home, and that's that. Nothing you can really do to change that, even if you don't believe that, If you're a believer, that's true whether you feel him, whether you're experiencing him, whether you ever hear his voice or not. He's still there because how do you know that? Well, because it's his word and he can't lie. He can't say something that's not true. And so his presence and our awareness of his presence, it just changes us. It's designed to make us more like him. It's designed for us to think like he thinks. And so this, this then permeates not only for my behavior, my thoughts, my but it starts to permeate outward into life. It'll affect your job. It'll affect your favor in the workplace. It'll affect... Um, things lining up the way that they're supposed to, how God's designed things to line up. Because him, and you, when you recognize you go into a situation, when you recognize at the same time you're bringing God into that situation, then he has access to make changes in the situation. And he has the, he has the ability to bless things. He has the ability to make, th- make things prosperous. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to First Chronicles. I know we were just—I just talked about that scripture a little bit ago, but First Chronicles, somewhere in the Old Testament, yeah. around page three hundred. If you have this Bible. So in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, again, this is David bringing the Ark of the Covenant into into the city of David, right, into into Jerusalem. And the first attempt that he makes, um, there's this this guy named Uzzah. And he kind of slips, puts his hand on the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible says that the anger of the Lord causes him to drop dead. And at that moment, David's like, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? We're doing something wrong. We need to park this idea for a second and do this a different way. And he ends up doing it a whole different way, gets the Levites and uh, does it according to the way Moses commanded the Ark of the Covenant be handled. Uh, But what he does is he parks this thing at a certain location on on the journey And uh, verse 13, 13, 13 here. So David would not move the Ark with him into the city of David, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the the Gittite, 14. The Ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. I think it's interesting. This is now the Ark of the Covenant was where the presence of God was in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, we're the Ark of the Covenant, right? We're the ones who have the dwelling place of God in us. If it helped this random guy that just happened to be where they parked this thing, it's like, David's drop everything, we're just gonna put it in this guy's house, this first, first guy they could come in contact with, and the blessing of God started manifesting in his house, and all that he had, what more should it look like to someone who's a child of God, who's called the temple of the Holy Ghost, who's been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, who's then been filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, I don't know. this blessing thing. I just don't understand. It's like, wait a second, if it can happen without, I mean, it doesn't even say this guy had faith that God was going to bless him. It doesn't say anything. It just all of a sudden seemed to be automatic. But I bet you he was aware of this ark that he didn't have in his house before. I mean, I don't think back then their houses were huge. But here's this thing in the middle of his house, or maybe it's off to the side, doesn't really give you any details. But he's aware, man, We heard this story, this guy touched this thing and he died. So we're gonna, like, we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna play around with this thing. This really could be the presence of God. And what do we see happen? Blessing. We see God, wherever he goes, wherever his presence is, he can't help himself. He's going to start manifesting who he is. He's going to start causing blessing to take place. He's going to start causing things to prosper because that's just who he is. And he's no different in you than he was in the Ark of the Covenant. He's not some different God today saying, eh, no, I don't think I'm going to bless you. You're, you're a scoundrel. It's like, Well, this dude, I guarantee you, wasn't even saved. He didn't even, he wasn't even born again. His spirit wasn't even regenerated and made in the image of God. Come on, that's who we are. So if there's anyone, and and this guy, he didn't have a a promise from God that he was gonna be blessed. He didn't have a covenant with God that he was gonna be blessed. Yeah, he was, why? Because that's who God is. He's the, he's the God that wants to prosper. He's the God that it's like, you put God somewhere, all of a sudden life just starts emanating from that place. Come on. That's good. And that's us. That's who we are. We are ground zero to a move of God. We are ground zero to the blessing of God. Your house is blessed because God in you is causing blessing. Amen. But it doesn't just happen because you're there. It happens because you're aware of the presence of God. You're allowing him by giving him place in your thoughts, by giving him place in your day. Like, and when I, when I say give him place, it's acknowledging him. It's like, I guarantee you, this guy had to acknowledge the Ark of the Covenant multiple times a day. It's probably something he had to walk around, or he had to, it's like he had to acknowledge it. He knew it was there. We have to do the same thing. We have to acknowledge, man, God is in me. His word says he's going to never leave me, and he'd never forsake me. The presence of God Brings joy, it brings peace, it brings healing. You can't have the presence of God manifesting in zero effect. If you're experiencing zero effect of the life of God, which I guarantee you, you're not experiencing zero effect, if you remove God completely, the Bible talks about what hell's like and how you don't even have strength to stand not because it's hell, but because God's presence is gone. And it's like, you don't even, aren't even aware of how much you operate because of the presence of God on you. But when we give him glory for it, when we acknowledge him, Lord, I'm able to get out of bed today because you're with me. I'm, I'm able to go to work today and I'm able, to, I'm able to do what I'm supposed to do because you're in me. You're with me everywhere I go, Lord, you're with me. Every every, you know, it's like I can't get lonely. Loneliness just isn't a thing in the when you have God living on the inside of you. I'm not saying you can't desire the companionship of another person. I'm just saying you're not truly lonely when you have someone with you who said I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. The reality is, you're not alone. God has called us to this place of being with Him, and He wants to be in everything we do. He wants to be acknowledged in all all our ways, right? That's what the Scripture says. In every way, in every thought, in everything we do, when we're acknowledging Him, we're giving Him place. We're giving Him access to bring His life. We're giving Him access to do something that... We can't do on our own. we can't make this happen, but you know what? All things are possible with God. Amen. All things are possible with God. He can do it all. And just having that mindset and acknowledging Him on a consistent basis will, will literally change your home, it'll change your relationships, it'll change your workplace, you know. When you are in, it's, it's just this fellowship, right, that we have with the Lord. And so it's not like you're talking to someone who can't talk back. You're not acknowledging someone who's just a statue. You're acknowledging a person. He's a real person. He has things he wants to say to you. But sometimes when you're acknowledging this person, he'll tell you things that you don't even know. Seems obvious, right? Because he's God and he knows a lot more than we do. I I remember uh, not too long ago, and I I think I've shared this testimony uh, about my, my son and how he wanted something. And I told him, if you want this, you need to ask God for it. And at the time, I'm like, I don't even know of a scripture. I don't even, like, is that really a thing? But it was just like, on the inside of me, I'm talking with the Lord and it's like, tell him to ask me for it. I'm like, I, I probably had heard a sermon about it, but it wasn't like a revelation inside of me yet. And so I end up telling him, if you'll pray for that and ask him, specifically that was the word, if you'll ask him for it, he'll give it to you. And so he, he's like, OK, that sounds good. And like two days later or a day later, he ends up coming to me and says, Dad, I still want this. And, and I said, OK, well, did you ask God for it yet? He goes, no. And I said, well, you have to ask him. If you don't ask him, it's not coming. And, you know, it, it just like the next night, I think he asked for it. And he, he told me, he's like, yeah, last night. And he did it on his own. I, and he was six or seven at the time. I don't seven probably. And he goes, he goes yeah, I asked God for it. He's like, so how's this going to work? And I said, you just ask the Lord and trust that he's going to do it. That's pretty much that simple. He's like, well, is someone going to like make a hoverboard come out of the sky? Or, <laughs> And I'm just like, nope. It's going to happen in a way that you're not expecting. Just don't try to figure out the how. Just trust God that he's going to do what he said he would do. You asked him for it, didn't you? Yeah. Then he's going to give it to you. The reason I'm saying that is it wasn't till like later that year that I heard Mark, uh, not Mark, Keith Moore, you guys remember the conference yeah. where he started talking about asking yeah. Yeah. and believing when you ask? I didn't even really have the revelation at the time, but it totally worked. My son totally received. It was like a few days later, the thing that he asked for, someone came up, came up to him and said, Carter, what are you really wanting? And he goes... Without hesitation, says what it is, and they pull out their phone and order it for him right then and there. And he's like, "No way!" I see. I said, "See, told you." And at the time, I'm like sitting there, like, "Wow, there's something to this that I don't even know yet." (laughs) Like, there's something I'm like hitting on. I don't have the full revelation of yet, but later. Then, then revelation came, but why did, how did that work? So you can start operating in things of God before you even understand them when you are with God. I remember before, after, after I gave my life to the Lord, I was 21 years old, and I'm, I'm dealing with, and this is before I was in church again, before I was even really like doing anything for the Lord, and I had this toothache and I am like up all night. It's like a Saturday night. I'm like, I don't know of a dentist that's open at this time. And so I'm like, I need to get sleep. I need, you know, you're exhausted because you can't sleep. And, uh, and I'm talking with God. And that's from, from day one when I was 21. The Lord said, spend time with me and hang out with me. And that's just what I knew to do at that point. And, and sometimes he would lead me to get in the Word, and sometimes he'd lead me to pray in tongues and, and all these different things. But it was just a relationship. It, I, I wasn't even going to church. I actually had zero Christian friends at the time. And so I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm led all of a sudden to a place where the woman who has the issue of blood, remember that story there? Um, and I read about how this woman gets healed by approaching Jesus and touching the hem of his garment, and Jesus doesn't even know who got healed. It's like, made me just realize, wait a second, I don't really know how this works, apparently, if some lady in the Bible gets healed and God's not deciding for her to get healed. And I was a real baby Christian at the time. I didn't know anything. And I said, Lord, if this woman can get healed, by just going to you, then I'm going to get healed going to you. And I got healed that night, and I got healed of a toothache, and I was able to sleep, and I, was, and I, and I never had that tooth problem again. And I just kind of stumbled upon it. And from that point on, I was like, I know God heals. I wasn't, I didn't have the revelation that God heals all the time, and he wants me to be completely whole in every, every area. I just knew. That it worked that time. And I, you can stumble upon the things of God by just being with Him, by just having conversations and acknowledging Him, by having an awareness of His presence. He's with you throughout the day. Your mind, the, the natural carnal mind, wants to say, oh, God's, God's here. That's scary. But the word of God reveals he's not a God that's out to try to condemn you. He's not trying to control you. He's not trying to uh, make you feel bad for what you're doing. He's a God that's there to help you. And so by acknowledging him, he's, that's what he's going to do. You know, most believers walk around and they don't want to acknowledge God because they're worried they're going to get hit by a two-by-four by him. It's like, oh, I can't acknowledge God. Like, you know, he knows what I've, what I've done. Yeah, but he also knows what Jesus did. And he also knows how he made you the righteousness of God in Christ. He also knows how he came into you and he purified you and he made you his temple. And he's no longer dealing with you on the basis of your sin. He's dealing with you according to who he made you to be in Christ. And so when you acknowledge him, when you go to him, he's going to be there to help you. He wants to help you with your relationships. He wants to help you at your job. He wants to help you parent. you know how many times he's helped me parent? <laughs> you know, parenting, there is this, I had this mindset that parenting's easy. Before you have kids, everyone knows how to parent. You just discipline them when they do something wrong, and you love them all the other times. It's like, no, that really doesn't work. It might work in some, for some kids, but not all kids. And so I had to like really humble myself and say, wow, I really thought I knew stuff I didn't know. And one thing that was surprising to me is I thought parenting was like this innate ability that we had. Like somehow I'm just going to know what to do. It's like, nope. No idea what to do at all. But the Lord does. And he's in us. And he was in me. And I could go to him and say, Lord, I need help. I don't have a clue how to handle this little person. (laughs) This terrorizing our family. (laughs) Is that a demon in them or no? (laughs) It's like, no, they just need to be dealt with in a way that's going to help them. Like, I don't know how to do that. The Lord's going to help you in every area that you seek him help, help with, every area you turn to him. You know, that's the thing about David, too. It, even, in, even in those chapters there, he would continually turn to the Lord. When he would face a battle, he would turn and seek God. When he came up against any struggles, he just turned to the Lord. His heart was quick to go to, to, go to him and it was that, that, that was the reason he saw success. That was the reason, and it, the Bible even talks about how the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. It's like, how did the, the nations fear David? Because David knew God, <laughs> and he would go to him over and over and over, and guess what would happen? Just keep winning every battle. You're gonna win every battle. When you go to the Lord who's on the inside of you, having an awareness, having a mind that's of his presence. It's like, I carry God. It's like, oh, there's this issue. and I don't know what to do. Good. You're not supposed to know what to do. You're supposed to talk to the one who does know what to do. So don't sit there and dwell on what you don't know. Don't sit there and dwell on what could happen. Talk to the one who's dwelling in you. He wants to show you what to do. He wants to be the one that you can say, man, I had this problem. Then I turned to God, and guess what happened? He fixed everything. I got healed of this. I got this problem fixed at my work. He restored this relationship. He did all these different things. He's going to get the glory for it when you don't know what to do. But he does, and you seek him, and you find out what to do. He wants to just, that's, that's why we're called to live from glory to glory to glory. How do you live from glory to glory to glory? Well, you invite the one who's the God of all glory. You invite the one who has, who, who's going to bring you success every single time. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Come on. He's a good God. All the time he's so good.